As we uh, continue in our sermon series on the biblical metaphors for the church, it seemed appropriate to call an audible this morning from our plan and instead to focus on the metaphor of Jesus as the good shepherd and we as his people, the flock. In the wake of Andrea's tragic death, it was clear to us as pastors that we needed to adjust our messaging today. In wondering where to begin, Pastor Joy sent me the lectionary text from today. Some of you know what that is, some of you might not, but there's, a, there's actually a schedule of scriptures that you go through um, that, that many, many churches go through. Sometimes we do. This particular sermon series, we're not in the lectionary. But I was amazed to find out that the lectionary gospel text was from John 10, which brings this metaphor of Jesus as the good shepherd and the church, his people as the flock. Not only this, but Andrea was heavily involved in the Thursday morning women's Bible study group, and they've been reading through and studying the Gospel of John this year. So that's where we're headed today. Sometimes God's Word points us in a direction. So here we go. Let's pray as we begin. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. So I need to be honest with you. There are times when I wonder about the work that we do here. I'm sure you have that in your work and the things that keep you busy in your day. They're, for me, they're typically fleeting moments when I ask myself, are we really doing anything here? I mean, are, are we any closer this year than we were last, to, to being the people that God calls us to be? And will we ever get there? <laughs> I can be hard on myself. That's usually what keeps me up at night. It's pretty hard on myself. Hard on us sometimes as a church. The, we're very aware of the ways that we fall short, the things that we don't do. But I was processing the loss of Andrea in the last couple of days in such a tragic and shocking way for all of us. And I feel like there was a grace in that and that I was brought back to my senses. It was revealed to me in a very powerful but very simple way that what I love most is watching people come to know Jesus Christ through the church. That's my beating heart. I'm passionate about the church being the church, really acting as God's people should and you, church, were that for Andrea. And it saved her soul. I am so proud of our church. And I'm so proud of the ways in which this church loved Andrea and befriended her and taught her what it means to follow God. That is why you are here. That is why God has put you here. So that you, along with the people who are sitting beside you, might bring people into a life-changing relationship with God. That is why we are here. <clears throat> and that's what our text is all about today. That life-giving relationship with Jesus. In John 10, Jesus talks about the relationship that he has with his people, and he uses this object lesson of a shepherd and sheep and the gate in which the sheep go out to pasture. And 
If you were reading it and you were a little confused, it's okay. It's not a perfectly unified metaphor, to be honest with you. And even Jesus seems to understand this. At one point, he calls himself the gate for the sheep, and then, sheep, and then a couple verses later, he says, no, actually, I'm the good shepherd. And I find myself reading the analogy, and yes, I have some questions about Jesus' delivery and if he was totally clear when he was saying this. But there are a few things that are extremely clear about this passage, and that is Jesus is the shepherd and we're the sheep. We can't escape that in this analogy. Now, what, is that, what does that mean? In 1978, Philip Keller wrote a book called A Shepherd Looks at the Good Shepherd and His Sheep. Keller uh, had himself spent much of his life in East Africa as a shepherd, and he looked at the biblical imagery of sheep and shepherds, and he offered uh, his hands-on insight into that relationship between sheep and shepherd. First of all, maybe not so flattering in talking about the sheep, he says that sheep are not very independent thinkers. It's not to say that they are dumb. You may have heard sermons before, read books saying that sheep are dumb creatures. They're actually not. They're quite intuitive in some ways. But overall, they are, they are sublimely simple creatures. They tend to follow the crowd. They don't display reasoning skills in any real way. There are other things to say about them that are also not very flattering, like they're dirty and they smell and so on and so on. But... What might surprise you this morning is that Keller doesn't spend a lot of time talking about the flaws of the sheep, but he goes on and on. The bulk of his book is about how valuable sheep are, how valuable they are. For the shepherd, their flock is immeasurably valuable. As Keller puts it, any shepherd who is a good manager bears in mind one great objective, and that is that the flock flourish. His words, not, I mean, we use those words, but that was his words, okay? His flock flourish. He knows that his sheep have literally been the recipients of his life. The strength of his body, the enthusiasm of his spirit, the energy of his mind, the alertness of his emotions, the thrust and drive of his disposition were all directed to the well-being of the flock. In other words, the shepherd is defined by the well-being of the flock. It's his economy, his identity, his lifelong intent. What a beautiful picture of the relationship that exists between the good shepherd and his sheep. So allow me to start there as well this morning. I, it's really important to me that you leave today with a few things, having heard them very, very clearly. And the first is this. Before we dig into the actual text, let me say something that isn't explicitly in the text, but any first century listener in Judea, and probably any first century listener anywhere, would have understood from this imagery, and that is, you, you are of exceeding, ridiculous, and lavish value to Jesus. Everything in him is about your flourishing. That's how much he cares for you, and that's how much he values you. As Luke states, in his gospel, you are of such exceeding value that Jesus the shepherd would leave 99 other equally valuable sheep to go out into wilderness and to go and find you and to bring you home. Maybe some of you need a simple reminder of that truth today. I, I don't doubt that there are some here today who maybe never have heard that, never heard someone say that to you before. So I'm going to tell you it now, and I want you to know that it is absolutely true. You are of exceeding, ridiculous, lavish 
value to Jesus Christ. I'm trying to look at all of your eyes right now. Every single one of you. Second thing I need you to know is that the text begins to describe for us what is expected of the sheep in this relationship. And Jesus is really clear that sheep have one job. Remember, they're not real independent thinkers. Our job is to listen to Jesus and to follow his voice. That's our job. Listen to Jesus and follow. This has actually been tested in Palestine, modern-day Palestine. Sheep do not respond to a stranger's voice. Sheep that have been well-trained, they don't respond to a stranger's voice. Even if that stranger is wearing shepherd's clothing and using the exact same words that the shepherd would use, sheep are constantly tuning their ears to be able to hear the voice of the shepherd. And when they hear the voice of the shepherd, their job is to follow that voice. We can't call ourselves God's flock if we're not tuning our ears to his voice so that we might follow him. Perhaps you've been told before that in order to be a Christ follower that you need to, to follow these rules and look this way and say these words the right way and fit into this box. And that's not what our text says. You've got one job. Listen to Jesus and follow his voice. Third thing I need you to know is that being in relationship with Jesus is the only way to abundant life. The text is clear that there are all sorts of shepherds who are, who are not really good. They will gladly lead us in all sorts of different directions. But they are really thieves and bandits at the end of the day. These false shepherds have much to offer us but none of what they offer us leads to life. Only Jesus can offer life. And life with Jesus is not a cramped, restrictive life for those who follow him. No, his life is abundance. It's true freedom beyond what anything or anyone else can offer. As it says in the text, it's freedom. It's, it's freely going in and out. And only Jesus can offer that to us. Being in relationship with Jesus is the only way to abundant life. You know, what strikes me the most this morning is that we really aren't God's sheep in this passage. We're his flock. In verse 16, it says, there will be one flock and one shepherd for the flock. And I'm struck by that because it's not an individual endeavor. You know, even if we don't like it, this whole flock idea, we need each other. That's how God created us to be. When I think of our friend Andrea, I am overcome of what her experience of God's flock was here. She began attending here only 11 months ago. When she came, she knew very little of the Bible, very little of Jesus, very little of the Christian faith, the Christian tradition. When she first came, she was much more likely to speak of Mother Earth or a higher power when speaking of an object of faith. And you know what we did about that? We didn't hand her a track. We didn't give her a book. We didn't say, you gotta find your own way here. It was you. It was you. And particularly the moms of this church who loved and cared for her and took her in as part of the flock. You communicated through love and care Time and patience that she is of exceeding, ridiculous, and lavish value to God. 
he helped her understand what her job was. That her job was to listen to the voice of Jesus and to follow him. And then guess what? You helped her do it. She heard the voice of Jesus through Bible studies and an eager engagement with the sermon every single week. She was taught how to pray and read her Bible. The women of this church were texting her Bible verses and devotions every single day to teach her to listen to the voice of God, something that she never would have come to on her own. None of us would come to that on our own. We need the flock to help us learn to listen to the voice of Jesus so that we can follow. And then you led Andrea to the truly abundant life. You led her lovingly and graciously through the gate that only Jesus controls, and you allowed her to come to know Jesus as the good shepherd. Anyone who talked to her in recent months, particularly in, in, in the last month, you know that she was living into a freedom that she had never and could not ever have known before. And despite our grief, I'm comforted by the heavenly reality that she now knows. And I do not say that as a nice thing that you say when you don't know what else to say in times like this. That is my predominant emotion. I am thankful that she came to know the Good Shepherd. And I think it's clear that we can't know the Shepherd without the work of the flock. So I am proud of you. So let Andrea's life be an enduring reminder of, of why we're here. We're here to encourage a life-changing relationship with God. That's why we're here. When we bring Catherine and Bo to the baptismal waters this morning, and we give thanks for the grace of God in their lives, this is, this is what we're talking about, what Dave talked about in terms of the community coming around. This is this is what we do from cradle to grave. That is why we are here, so that people might come into a loving relationship with Jesus Christ. It's why God planted us on the corner of 4th and Garfield 125 years ago. It's why he continues to sustain us as a church. It's why we have a building and a staff and a budget. It's why we mow the lawn and scrub toilets and, and, and wash the carpet. This is why we do what we do. It's why you are sitting in this chair today, so that people might come to know Jesus Christ, might come to know the Good Shepherd, so that they might hear again, or maybe for the very first time, that they are exceedingly and ridiculously and lavishly valued by Jesus. We're here to follow Jesus and to help others do the same by listening for his voice and tuning the ears of our heart and our very lives to his call to follow. We're here because how else is the world going to know about the abundant life of Jesus Christ if not for the flock? We need to show them that's why we're here. That's why you're here. So that God's children might totally flourish. <clears throat> and we are his flock and it's a gift because we get to flourish together. Thank God that Andrea has reminded me of what's important in my life and why I do what I do and why we do what we do. I've been praying for the last couple days that this might be a wake-up call of sorts for our church. We are not here to check the church box. We are not here to get our needs met. We are not here to feel good about ourselves. We are not here because we need a little spiritual guidance in our lives once in a while. 
We are here to learn what it means to listen to Jesus and to follow him to the abundant life in such a way that our bleeding heart every day, all day, is to help other people do the same. Because there are so many other paths that lead away from Jesus. And well-intentioned though they may seem, ultimately the text tells us that they lead to death and destruction. But Jesus came that we might have life and have it in abundance. And we desperately need everybody here. We need God's church to grasp that so that we can be the flock that he's called us to be. I don't think I need to remind you this morning, but I will anyways, that life is short and eternity is forever. I'm so proud of this church. I'm so proud of this church in the way in which you led one of your own to know the good shepherd. And thanks be to God that you did. What would this morning be like if it wasn't? Because life is short. So don't waste a moment. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't put off reaching out to that person in need or that person that's on your heart because we don't know what tomorrow holds. So instead, make following Jesus and helping others do the same. Be your aim today. If you're here today and, and you're sitting here and you're kind of unsure where you stand with God, I just want to say what an opportunity you have before you this day because you are so valued by Jesus. So don't wait, don't delay, don't put it off till tomorrow. Commit yourself this day to tuning your heart to hearing his voice and following him. Colby talked last week about being the, the body of Christ, which speaks not only to our interconnectedness, but also reminds us that we go to the places that Jesus' earthly body went, and we do the things that Jesus did in his earthly body. Well, in verse 11, Jesus says that he's the good shepherd, that he lays down his life for the sheep. In a little bit, we're going to invite you to come to the table of communion and to remember that Jesus did indeed lay down his life for us, his flock. But we do more than just remember that as a historical thing that happened. We're also reminded that as his body, we too ought to lay down our lives for others so that we might receive this abundant life. You've done that in this church, as, as, as the church ought to do for our sister Andrea. And may we continue to do that. So, so for the sake of a dying world, may we continue to lead others to the freedom that we've found in Jesus Christ to the abundant life that we hope in and know. May we remember the good shepherd who gave his life for the sheep. And then may we, by some miracle, become the kind of flock who not only follows the voice of the shepherd, but indeed follows his very life, exclaiming to the world, you are of exceeding ridiculous and lavish value, and teaching them what it means to be a part of a flock that listens for the voice of Jesus and follows so that we might flourish together in the only truly abundant life found in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen and amen.